CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week, a little bit of a change of pace. Someone who knows me a lot better than most. He is actually my brother-in-law. We've been through uh, unbelievable things together. His name's Mark Malloy. Some people might know him out there when he sends this to all his Twitter homies as the big squeeze, former college football athlete, big boss, and and honestly, one of my favorite people on the planet. I don't think I can lead you in any better there, buddy, other than to say you, you steered me wrong with that Johnson pick in fantasy. So I'm still not over that. But hey, buddy, what's up? How you doing, man? I, you know, great intro. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Feel Mostly accurate. <laughs> Mostly accurate. Definitely feel the the same way uh, about you. We can go on and on about these stories in our lives and our and our sister wives and uh, forever. But uh, yeah, steered you wrong on that. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll come back fresh in twenty twenty three here, pal. Yeah. So there's a a pretty significant piece of THP in the fall. It's uh, fantasy football. I've not quite introduced you to that yet. Uh, it, it gets really intense. You, you obviously should get involved next year. Always great prizes um, and a lot of intensity. I got first overall pick and and Mark steered me through it last year. And I'm sitting there going, who do I pick first? And his answer was, there's no wrong answer. Taylor Henry seemed to be the guys who everyone was talking about. I, I'm, I'm telling you what, buddy. You know, I, I think you were right at the time. But man, watching Henry plow through those lines, that that hits me in a in a way that I didn't know I could be hit. <laughs> well, I, again, Jonathan Taylor was ninety eight percent of yeah. the the picks he was, out he was there. The choice, so, right? And I had, and I also had a number one pick in a in, in a league, and I picked him too. So we're hurting together, just like everybody else in America. Um, you know, I've seen people that picked Cooper Cup number one, and he got hurt. I mean, it was just a bad year for the number one pick overall, probably for a lot of people. So, so we're all in the same boat, boss. I feel like spending 45 minutes talking purely about football would put you in a place that is significantly above me, and I'm not really looking for that. What I love about bringing you on board here is you have caught the golf bug pretty much like everyone I expect when they really, truly get invested in it. And I want to go way back, my friend. You know, football is such a big part of your life for many, many years. And then suddenly golf shows up. So let me present it to you in a way that I can and say that when I was young, I played hockey in the winter. And the minute it got warm out, golf translated, right? I know there's a lot of people who play baseball and switch to golf, which is a little bit harder because kind of same, same time of the year type of thing. But the golf swing translated so well from a hockey swing or a hockey shot, I guess you would say, that it, it, it seemed like such a natural progression. Now, you're coming from a football background, and, and unfortunately, we don't have video, but my dude here is built like a truck. So, you know, the idea that uh, he's not like one of those lanky wide receiver type of deals. Uh, how How did athleticism from football and everything you learned there translate to golf or did it at all? I, I I don't know if it really <clears throat> excuse me transitioned to golf because I want to say it did because I want to consider myself an, an athlete and I feel like you know I can pick up things rather quickly but this is one that I cannot um, it's it's the most humbling game 
Um, so I would say that, you know, I did play baseball all the way up to, you know, 17, 18. Um, so maybe baseball helped me a little bit more than, uh, than football did for this one. I mean, you got to have, uh, you know, hand-eye coordination, I guess. So, you know, looking down at the ball, swinging the club, making contact is the biggest thing, you know what I mean? But, uh, football wise, I, I can't say there was a lot of things football wise that helped me with golf. Um, you know, so the, the one thing I think about a lot is having just a really strong core in your lower body, like sort of centralizing your swing. We talk about that quite a bit, keeping your body, you know, in the center of your swing rather than letting your extremities flow outward. I would assume that when it comes to football, things like tackling, you, you definitely, your goal is to, uh, even on the line, whatever it is, you want to maintain that center of gravity that supports you, not the other guy. Um, but the one thing I thought about with hockey, there's so much uh, fluid motion in hockey that I think that translate translated really well. You sort of pick your spots and the aggression comes very selectively where football seems like it's a different concept. When you, when you do something wrong in hockey, that's when the aggression comes out and you go and fix it. So I always had a hard time uh, recovering from a bad shot because like instant flash to aggression. Yeah. Whereas I feel like football, aren't you sort of trained every play to have pure aggression? Is there, is there any condition where it's like, just chill here and we'll fix it later type of thing? Basically not. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you hit it, you hit it right on the head. So it's yeah. like, if you sit there at any position, I mean, any position out there and you're just lackadaisical and you're just, you know, uh, going through the most and you're going to get hit, you're going to get pushed over. You're going to get tackled. You're going to get blocked. So you're going from probably the most aggressive sport. Um, and I can unplug that uh, ring doorbell <laughs> there. Um <laughs> so you're going from the most uh, aggressive sport possible to a sport that everybody tells me, don't try to kill the ball. Don't try to do this. Don't grip the club so tight. So it's so, and, and you know me, I'm a very uh, aggressive in your face type of guy. Um, so for me, this is a complete 180 because I'm trying to be calm and trying to relax and trying to let the club do the work instead of me being, a, being the aggressor. Um, you know, I played defensive line my whole life and, and, you know, trying to hit people was the greatest thing ever. I got to hit people and <laughs> nobody did anything about it. It was amazing. So it's a big uh, it's a big transition. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's interesting, uh, mostly because you, you see a lot of these guys show up in the Pro Bowls. And of course, the majority of them end up being quarterbacks, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, but you also see guys that are deeply passionate about the game of golf and maybe don't have the skill that translates to it. So, you know, I, I find that incredibly interesting as well. You, there's something that happened, I think, last week. Josh Allen was basically fangirling over, uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that, fanboying <laughs> over yeah. uh, Tiger Woods. Yes. Uh, like, you know, like any of the rest of us would. <clears throat> And it's certainly relatable, but then you look at it like this guy loves the game. He's rocking the, uh, I think it was an Oak Hill shirt, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, you can tell he's he's just into it. I think uh, there's a lot of baseball players, a lot of hockey players that show up in these things, but there does seem to be quite a few really solid football players that end up being good at golf. But yeah. I feel like it takes a while. I, I remember Joe Burrow, who I don't know if you know this, Mark, is kind of a big deal in my household now. Yeah, yeah of oh, course I know. you know it. Still I know city. Yeah. <laughs> so he, someone asked him about golf. He's like, look, I'm, I'm just not taking it up. It's one of those things. I feel like I would get so focused on it. It would take me away from other parts of what makes me what I need to be focusing on right now, which is 
it's a pretty good point. So yeah. I, I know I said a lot there, but I, I wanted, I want to dive back a little bit more into where golf got introduced in your life. I feel like from everything we've talked about, you have a history in the game, but is it more about watching it than playing it? 1000%. Um, okay. You know, and, and for me, massive sports fan loved all sports um, would watch golf on TV, but never considered myself uh, going to play it. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with everybody here. I mean, I'm, I'm biracial. My dad's black, my mom's white. And I lived in the inner city with, you know, predominant black people where we thought that golf was just the rich white guy's sport and we would never play it. And we didn't see anybody that looked like, you know, quote unquote us or, you know, athletic out, you know, athletes or former athletes or whatever. But um, always had an interest in it, as you know, massive John Daly fan, massive Greg Norman fan. Um, and then when I was 13, just like you, uh, this guy in this red shirt came along and whoa, what his name's what he looks like who? Uh, wow, he's really good. Um, and Tiger kind of uh, changed it for me where I got really interested in watching. Um, so it was always watching and then playing. I'd have buddies that always would go, uh, including yourself. You came into, you know, my life here and uh, you were a big golfer and I'd always, you know, figure out why people would want to go golfing. Then I had people that I worked with where in sales, they would take their customers out golfing all the time. And I said to myself, why am I here on a Friday when the rest of everybody else is just golfing? And people would tell me, Mark, you have to pick up golf yet. This is where business is made. And, I, you know me, I'm a talker, mover, shaker get out there and, and play golf. So it was always watching the sport. I never would play the sport. I had a buddy who was on the golf team in high school, Anthony Winco, and he would always tell me, like, I'm telling you, it's, it's so cool. And you get out there and you get to drink all day and be in the sun and it's better than being in school or better than being, you know, at work. And I never just, I never wanted to get into it. And then uh, I won a couple times a few years ago and I said, wow, this is everything they, they said it would be. And I, you know, absolutely stink. So I can't even imagine how fun <laughs> it is when you're actually good and you're making pars and, and birdies. And, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a I'm a bogey six, seven guy and uh, a couple pars in there. And, you know, the, the, the one birdie per round. Um, but uh, I, I have definitely got bit by the bug. I've got bit by the bug very hard. And uh, I'm, I'm all in now for sure. Yeah, uh, spring of '97 was uh, pretty monumental for the game of golf, and we've recently been talking through uh, Full Swing, which is up on Netflix now, and it it definitely circles around those conversations. You got guys like Morikawa and um, uh, Tony Finau, and um, you know, I'm not thinking of at least uh, even Rory made a mention of Tiger was the guy. I mean. We were born in 84, so at the age of 13, you know, you're deeply impacted by the things you see on TV. I, I remember, and, and I want to I want to hear your reasons for daily, because I'm desperate to hear about that. Like, it's got to be a good reason. But, you know, I, I think back to my favorite memories watching golf, and up until Tiger started truly dominating, the idea was like, oh, I want to see my guy Fred Couples. That was always a big deal for me is, what is Freddie doing that when he made the three on uh, Sagar S 17, like that's deeply entrenched in my memory sitting there watching it with my dad. So mm -hmm. you know, there, there's always those guys back there, but then you have this generational talent, which you know, most argue we will never see again in the game of golf, at least to that level. 
um, and, and certainly not anytime soon <laughs> based on what we've seen. Although John Rahm is is making a pretty friggin' good he, argument right he, now. He, he is. He's uh, so, he is. I, I so, would agree with that. So let me hear about this daily thing. Like you go, you say I'm a I'm a big Tiger guy, but I'm also like a John Daly guy and some other dude who went to some other tour. We don't need to talk about him, <laughs> whatever. Um, tell me the tell me the daily story. I, I, is it what I assume, or is it like really? It's, it's just exactly what you assume. I mean, you know me. Um, you know, I like to have a good drink every now and then. I like to I like to hang out. Um, you know, back in my single days before I met your beautiful sister in law, I. Uh, I like to hang around the women, you know, I, uh, you know, so for me, I saw a guy out there, you know, at the time had an incredible mullet. Um, you know, he, he was skinnier back in the day, but he could drive the ball like nobody else. You know, the grip it and rip it thing was, you know, on my driver, on my, you know, my head cover right now, it's grip it and rip it baby every day. You just grab it and let it fly. That's probably not working for me, but so eating, uh, eating cheeseburgers on the first tee, Ripping, ripping bud heavies, uh, smoking the cigs. Now you're, now you're getting it because he was the non-traditional golfer for me. Wait, this big chunky redneck can go out there and, like you say, you know, eat Cheetos, pop a couple diet cokes, bud heavy, ripping heaters. Uh, you know, signing, signing autographs. Uh, I, I loved them. I was, I, I loved them. I can't remember if it was the Masters or what tournament it was, but he was playing on tour and they had a stat through 18 holes of the amount of Diet Cokes and cigarettes and birdies that he made. That. <laughs> and, of, and of course, you know, you know what dwarfed what there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he he's such an interesting character, man. And he had the famous quote. He's like, uh, you know, want, do you train? Do you work out? Do you, do you put some time in your body? Because you can't pull fat. <laughs> so his idea is, and, and that came from, it's, it's funny because, I watching full swing, it's clear how many of these guys take physical fitness incredibly seriously at this point. And and of course they will. You have all the guys doing it out there. So naturally you need to do it just to compete, just to keep up. But then you have that whole generation prior to Tiger coming out that you it was basically indoctrinated in them that if you worked out, it was actually detrimental to your game. Mm-hmm. So you have a guy like Daly, like totally buying into that sentiment. And, you know, extending his swing to depths that I'm sort of dealing with right now, but mm-hmm. doing it well, which is, you know, where we separate. Yeah. Uh, I, I would argue I have better hair, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was interesting. I watched a video on Daily and showcasing the the different tiers that his body went through throughout his career. Like you could see that it was changing yearly. Some some years he was heavier than others. Some years he was quite trim. Um you know, he's got a story in itself, but it, I, I was always curious about why people gravitated towards him because he was a bit of a disruptor and in a, in a time when golf was very pleated and, you know, cotton and. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does he, yeah. Another thing, the stuff that he wore, you know, very yeah. flamboyant and uh, he, he just didn't, he just didn't care. He didn't care. And at the time, you know, his play, was backing it up. I mean, he was winning too. So it wasn't like he was just going out there making a fool of himself. I mean, he was, he was winning. So I, I, I was just always enamored uh, uh, by him. So is that the depth of your fondness for the game? You've got a little bit of Norman in there, which is, you know, probably nineties level golf. Did, mm-hmm. Do you ever take any time to look back at the greats? Like, 
know, Trevino or Palmer or that guy from Columbus or, you know, well, any of those dudes? Yeah, I, I, I do, especially because of, you know, number one, Arnie, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, you know, he's in Latrobe 45 minutes away. So you have to, res- you have to respect him. I mean, you know, uh, and then he comes out with the, uh, the, the classic uh, Arnold Palmer. I mean, you, you must pay homage to, to him, as you know. Let's um, be honest though. You like the daily better than the Palmer. Don't I do. You? I do love the daily. <laughs> love the, <laughs> the daily's number one. Uh, yeah. Always, always pay respect to, to Jack. Um, you know, and another guy, he's not, def- he was in the, you know, big Lee Trevino guy for some reason. I, yeah. I, you know, I just kind of, I don't know why I always kind of liked him a little bit too. Um, but then, uh, yeah, it was really daily Norman loved Norman. Don't know what it was. I think it was the hat, just the, the demeanor. And then tiger came along and, uh, you know, changed it all, changed it all for me. That's awesome. And now, so now that you're big into it like it's clear you've made this big significant shift and i don't know if that's that you moved to cleveland and there's nothing better to do up there other than to <laughs> you know be a parent my apology my man's taking a drink of bourbon right now it's the worst time to make him laugh but uh you're up in cleveland uh you've got a little bit of free time you hit up the range you got what looks like a, a pretty fun group of guys you play with up there um that that big shift into golf as a lifestyle is it not only a big deal, but it's also a big time sink. Like you have to commit certain levels of time to actually accomplish it. So, you know, what is, um, what does it look like over the last year for you? You've, you've taken it to that next level. What do you think it's going to continue to move upward? Like you picked a terrible time with two young kids to really dig golf. (laughs) True. Very, very true. Um, I think it's going to, it has to go up because, you know, I'm, I'm, we are, you know, looking at age 39 here and uh, there's not much sports we can really do. I mean, we could still be active. I mean, you're in much better shape than I am, but, you know, we could still play some stuff. But I am. Uh, no, I'm, I'm all in. I'm going to continue to try to play more. Um, you know, I have a, a little bit sometimes of a, a demanding schedule, demanding job. By the way, if anybody needs health insurance out there in the Ohio area, call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> com. Thank you very Jeez. much. But you know how this goes, Danny. Uh, you got to pay yeah. the bill somehow. But anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, trying to – what's good for me is my Fridays, my summer Fridays, spring, summer Fridays, you know, I've done probably around one or two um, – hopefully try to get some people out there. We can play nine, we can play 18, depending on how many we have. I'm, I'm trying to do that every Friday, every other Friday where I'm still home at five or six, um, still trying to be a parent. For me, you know, my the family has to come first. If I'm missing this or missing that or not being home for dinner or coming home all boozed up, then she's going to have a problem with it. But if I'm uh, responsible about my golfing. If I come home when I'm supposed to, if I'm not doing it every day or I'm not out every weekend, then she lets me, uh, you know, improve. Because like you said, this is a sport. You you only get better when you play. When you're sitting, you can watch all the videos you want. I mean, you you know, last time we, me and you were at the simulator, you told me everything to do. But if I don't do it, it's not going to work. I mean, you could tell so, me it still won't work. But so tell me this. What's the nearest driving range to the office? I mean, the one is by my house. I mean, that's the the Norton driving range is is from my from from my door, from the office door to the to the tee box. Well, to the driving range, it's like eleven minutes. Yeah, and that's that's the home of uh, Mr. Malloy here. That's yeah. So <laughs> the the other thought is, 
I remember when we were working through some club options and got you into some new technology. Thank God. Um, <laughs> you went out to the range. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a heavy comment. That's that's yeah. not my intent. Yeah, uh, no, you got you out to the range and you're hitting these, and the the sense of joy that you provided in texts or in calls, like the experience you had. I think that people who don't play golf don't really understand it, and people who play it. I wouldn't say take it for granted, but they don't recognize that they're not every shot makes you a fan of golf. It's the one or two or five shots you hit that truly exceed expectations that you just absolutely hit it on the nuts and it just goes. And and sometimes it doesn't even matter where the ball goes. It's that contact quality that just really dictates a passion that you can hardly explain. So I know you've got a taste of that and I know you want more of it. Was that like lightning in a bottle? Like how did that feel for you really getting some of this new technology in play and, and just hitting great contact with anything? Oh, it felt, it felt amazing. I mean, the people that, the, you know, the people that I golf with, I, you know, they would always tell me like, you know, the, I'm not saying the clubs do all the work, but you know, you get the nicer clubs, you get the better clubs. They're going to help you out. And I'd be like, okay, but I don't want, I didn't want to spend the money in case, you know, I didn't get hooked on it or I just didn't want them collecting dust in the, in the garage. But once I got bit by the bug and I'm like, you know what, I'm me and you had our talks, I'm all in, help me get some, you know, better clubs, give me a better set, do that, take the irons out and hit a seven. I'm like, wait, what? Hold on for a minute. (laughs) That one, like, so let's be clear. Shout out to Cobra over there. Big shout out to Cobra. High quality iron. Big big shout out to Cobra. Quality iron. Quality driver. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, it it felt amazing. And, you know, like you said, you know, seven out of 10 shots might go the way you don't want them to go. But those those other three are the three that you make a tee time for next week because you're like, you know what? I see what I can do. I see that I can that you know what happened. I mean, the time that you know we went golfing, I went golfing with with uh, uh, Mikey and uh, Tyler. That's our other cousins. Some of the cousins, yeah, cousins in our family, pretty good golfers in their own right. You know, I'm I'm going out there, you know, at the country club, stinking it up all day. I'm FaceTiming Dan at birdie 18. I'm like, what is happening? So that you know, I I'm ready to come back immediately. So when you, when you, <laughs> when you do hit those ones right on the button and it just drops down and it's perfect, or you have that one hole where you outdrive the better golfers, it, it feels, it feels amazing. So, so let me ask you this. I, I know you've, you've lived in Florida, you've lived in a couple different cities now, but you, you've never been shy about the idea of let's get uh, out and take a trip somewhere, go somewhere typically with the fam how much of that now when you when you look at it it's like and i'll i'll present it from my side i hate the beach uh you know my my grandfather was a polar bear so obviously it doesn't work well for me to get there um uh, and, and <laughs> i'm not a big fan of pools to yeah. begin with i had a bad experience so you know all that stuff that idle stuff is is not great for me when i travel so the one thing i want to look for is can we have a good time as a family but also <clears throat> is there a place I can just kind of sneak away for like a hot minute? So, so let me ask you a a more challenging question and uh, you know, hopefully they don't listen in, but when you're looking at that next vacation trip, how, how much of your brain naturally goes to like what golf's around there? It, it, there, it, it plays a part now. I mean, you know, I, I, 
am a beach guy. I do like the beach, but let me tell you this. Me sitting on the beach, you know, you know, beer in my hand, kids playing. Yeah, I have to do that. I want to do that. That's amazing. But now, okay, well, if we can go golf for, you know, a morning and afternoon and, you know, two afternoons, whatever we can do, let's try to fit that in. So, and I tell you this personally all the time. I always tell you, I get it. I get it. I get it because I do, because now it's like, you look at some of these, some of these courses out there in the world or the United States, and they're just, they're amazing. They're amazing yeah. scenery. And, you know, just like just a nice summer day in Ohio, you know, that I had, I played at like a really nice course or a country club or something like that. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing compared to a Florida, California, Texas, somewhere, you know what I mean? So now I'm not going to tell you that like, it's, it, it's, it's a deal breaker for a trip, but I'm definitely looking into where the courses are and the weather and everything like that. So recently, and, and by recently, I mean, a, probably a month ago, we went out to um, Nima Colon. Uh, Mystic Rock, which was an unbelievable property with a whole bunch of, if, if you really look like burning a little bit of money, definitely go there. <laughs> Get the Tomahawk stage. Get the Tomahawk uh, stage. Tell them Mark sent you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and, when in, and when in doubt, always rent the cabana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one part of that though, is they, they have this massive property. I mean, there's a casino uh, on property. There's a, there's <laughs> a bunch of animals. We saw tigers and stuff. Uh, there's a ski hill, a outdoor pool that even operates in the winter. But yes. one of the things they had there, which was devastating for me, was uh, a, when we arrived, the golf course, which is absolutely stunning so far as I could see, was snow covered and we couldn't play. But they had a really cool simulator set up in there. Um, we had a chance to break away and do a couple hour session. I forced Mark, poor Mark here, to play the hideaway. So shout out to all those granddaddy guys. Hardest course on the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Should have taken him to St. Andrews and no wind. I took him to the hideaway uh, for my own nostalgia due okay. to the, the granddad experience out there. But I mean, that um, that to me was a perfect example of mixing family with pleasure with, with the golf concept of it. And, um, you know, it gets me excited. The idea we, we throw around this joke about like Hawaii or you know, next time we hit up like the Carolinas or Florida, I'm like, I'm definitely going if Mark's going because I'm going to drag him, um, you know, kicking and screaming. And I'm quoting so our wives don't know yeah. what we're saying, uh, <laughs> to these golf courses because they just generate these unbelievable memories, at least from my perspective. So like the hideaway has an imprint on my soul at this point from from going there. Have you had a chance to do any travel golf yet? Am I going to have to pop that uh, travel you're, cherry for you? You're, you're going to have to pop the travel cherry. There, okay. there has not been the the travel golf uh, trip yet, the experience yet. I've had uh, some guys ask me to go. Um, the, the one I was really close to, and I think it was just bad timing for some other stuff going on, but. Uh, I definitely want to go. I mean, I get super jealous when I see other friends go, you go, you know, uh, or you're in the airport and you see the guys on the bachelor party or you oh, know, yeah. they, they got all their clubs there. And I'm like, oh, damn it. so <laughs> yeah, I definitely, definitely need to, to do this. Um, uh, the Hawaii trip, <clears throat> I have a very, very good inside source as you do too. Uh, the Hawaii trip will definitely be happening here probably within the next five to seven years as a family. Uh, so we will definitely be taking uh, our, our clubs out there along with our other brother-in-law, Billy boy uh, to do that as well. Yeah. Kapalua, here we come. 
I'm pumped. You know that it's funny, man. There are so many things in our life that, you know, you, you remember the birth of your child or your wedding or whatever. And, you know, those are the big hitters. And I think of what, what I value on a trip and other than just making sure everyone's having a great time. And we've certainly had some fun trips that don't include golf seeing the landscape of golf in a different from a different lens so basically like from a different state from a different country from a different altitude even from a different uh you know type of grass whatever it may be it's, it always makes it really interesting and you know that's something i'm really excited to bring to you because you're, you're getting a taste of it locally right now you're getting mm-hmm. a taste of the products and the excitement of the game i'm pumped to take you out there and i want to dive this into our next topic which will be full swing and 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 i think my favorite part is i watched the very first episode and it's got jt and jordan basically like those dudes have found a way to make a career having guys trips every week like yeah. it's so funny to me and and if you watch more than one episode you'll get to know that not everyone treats it the way they do a lot of them treat it like uh, tony fino for example takes the fam with him which you know a billion uh a billion credits to him for having even the slightest version of attention with the the whole family with them but there was uh like one of the very first clips of the show is jt and jordan in a car and jt's got his hat flipped up high i'm like this is me on every golf trip for whatever reason the hat goes up we're Uh in the car chatting and i'm just waiting for the next opportunity to either drink something or play something in in Mm -hmm. golf wise so yeah, I, I want to go full circle and, and or not full circle, but slide into full swing because you bugged me the other day about watching it. Of course, I binged the every living heck out of it because you know I, I tried to be patient, but it was yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, you've seen. I thought you, were, I thought you were done. Like when I texted, you, I thought you were done. Like day one, I couldn't believe you didn't watch it. Well, I I knew it was gonna, just going to be a quick hitter. That's yeah. kind of how it goes for me. But uh, but you you've watched quite a few of the episodes. What's your take so far? Is it is is tour golf? From their land or for from their perspective, what you expected? Did, did you get any interesting insight from it? I did. Um, I, I did. I think I. I think I've. There were a couple people who I said, "Okay, this is what I what I thought they were," and who? this is um, like JT and uh, uh, Spieth. I mean, okay. you know, you know uh, little little guys just hanging out, having a blast together, okay. trying to you know busting each other's balls and trying to meet <clears> each other time yeah i i and i told you this yesterday brooks kind of rubbed me the wrong way i i thought i was a a kepka guy okay i kind of liked him i thought he was the typical bro type of dude he's got the hot wife and he was winning and i don't know i mean he was just he was kind of he was kind of weird to me i know he was struggling but like the one scene where he missed the cut or he admit he he you know i think day two at the masters and he just walks right past his dad he's like trying to like his dad's, you know, hey, I'll see you together. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And that's your dad. Like, okay, you're you're extremely mad. I know your dad gets it, but just you know, maybe give him a hug, get some motivation or something. But like, this <laughs> is super douche about it. Um, uh, you know, seeing Tiger on there was awesome, even though they didn't do a feature about him. But just seeing him on there uh, was pretty cool. I mean, I'm a big. Uh, all of the episodes have been pretty good uh, so far. Um, what's the guy from England? I forgot his last name. Sorry. Who's that? Fitz Fitzpatrick or Poulter? No, no, no. Or who you no, no, the other guy. Um, who'd you say? Poulter? Rory? No, 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 no. Poulter. Ian Poulter, yeah. Ian Poulter, yeah. Ian Poulter. That one was that one was cool. Like him, you know, freaking out in the clubhouse <laughs> when he didn't make the cut. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and then Poulter. you know, 
yeah, him being on the plane with his family, you know, putting and everything like that. It, but let me go back to the kind of the original question. It's it's pretty intense. I mean, it, you know, they take it as a job. I mean, I didn't know. And, you know, forgive me, viewers, because this is what you guys do. Like when I saw Brooks have his putting coach there. So he has like a swing coach yeah. and a putting coach. I thought it was just kind of all like a golf coach. Like, <laughs> like you have one golf coach and he he works on everything, not just like a swing coach and a putting coach. So that was like that was crazy to me. The workout sessions that they were doing. Um, I mean, these guys were getting after it in the gym and, and you got to I mean, it's their job. It's a profession. You got to keep your body tight. So I've learned a lot so far. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it depends on how many majors you've won as to how many coaches you get to have. But uh, what you saw was Brooks getting uh, an at-home lesson on Sampot Lab, which is a spectacular product. It's something I intended to talk to you about today is driving you. Once we get another year in, I'm going to drag you through probably a club champion fitting. You're going to get all kinds of knowledge you never thought you wanted. So it's going to be a good one, including okay. what your what your stroke looks like, which is what Sam does. He basically it sets up on the putter and it tells you how you're releasing your face angle, like all the crazy stuff you didn't think you'd ever want to know is what it ends up giving you. And that's what Brooks is basically saying. They're, they're, they're showcasing on his carpet, which is, you know, ridiculous how his face is compared to the target he's trying to hit to. Uh, because one of the comments he made is he used to be unbelievable from eight feet and now he's one of the worst. So that's one of the things he was trying to change. What, um, what I thought was interesting is, if you listen to the different guys talk, it's it's funny how their approaches to the game are different. Like, for example, DJ. DJ's out there to beat DJ, and he's out there to just dominate a tournament. I don't think he cares who else is playing. It's The yeah. goal for him is to play to his peak, and it doesn't really matter what everyone else does. Whereas someone like um, um, you know, JT is he's looking at his past successes and saying, I want to push past that talking about the stuff on the wall like you guys need to take it down if i don't validate it but then you've got guys like um brooks who spent half his episode talking about how in the zone scheffler was and how he's like unbeatable and then you have guys like have you have you watched the um the damon video yet no okay so he he's very self-deprecating like i don't really like a little bit of that imposter syndrome kind of thing like I'm good at golf, but I'm not sure I belong out here with these guys. There are dudes out there who feel totally differently. Yeah. And you can see that. And part of that is visible to the public when you're watching like every week. But the other side of it, you get this deep inner demon sort of side from some of these dudes. And and I was surprised at how much Kepka tried to play on that. Because if you followed social media, and I'm sure you watched his his stuff, he went out there to social for like two years trying to trying to get a rise out of people and for him to present the way he did in full swing, like it just felt weird. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that where if you didn't watch that, like you said, he was always kind of messing with people, effing with people. You would think that he was like, he was in such a good spot. And then you watch that. He was a basket case. The whole, the whole episode, <laughs> the whole episode. He was, I mean, like I can't even talk to my wife without thinking yeah. about my golf swing. Like, no, I who are you, yeah. dude? Yeah, I can't have a conversation. I can't. I'm not. You know, I don't shave. I look like a piece. I look terrible. Um, I mean, look the mess. You know, they're trying to plan a wedding at the same time that this is going on. But like, he was so mentally out of it that whole episode. But you would never think that 
knowing what he did on social media before. But like you said, or kind of what we said before, when you're winning and when you're on top, it's a whole different mentality than when you when you can't buy a bucket, so to say, or you can't win anything. Well, uh, you know what I mean? I'll reference there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I think is curious about Kepka is he even referenced it during his episode. He wasn't one of the prodigal sons. Like he, he wasn't one of the guys who they expected to come out and be spectacular. He went out and grinded on alternative tours and got his card and, and created that sort of value. And then when he finally identified as relevant on the PGA tour, it was almost like immediately he was like, I don't really give a shit about anything other than the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, what? Like, you don't care about making money. You don't care about like golf as a whole. You don't care that every place you go to has a kid that's trying to come watch you because you're his favorite player. Like, what are you trying to tell me here? And then he does his major thing and he dominates. No, no, no arguments there. Like yeah. what he did seemed impossible at the time. And they even had commentary surrounding that. But when he got past that, it, it almost like he became a basket case about, the other guys who were dominating at the time and it was a hill he couldn't climb. And it's like, who is this guy? This yeah. is the guy that wore, uh, you know, tags on his shoes and saying like, it's fashion, bro. Like trying to disrupt everything about the game. And then he went home and was like, Oh, well, yeah. hold on. I'm, I'm kind of a kind of weird now. Kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I totally understand. I mean, it's, you know, he, again, baseball background, like you said, grinded to get on the tour and then just took off. I mean, he, he was a roller coaster. He took off and then he just fell, you know, flat on his face right now. And, and, uh, uh, very strange behind closed doors. I think that, I think that episode showed me a lot about him that I didn't know. Um, again, maybe if he starts winning again on, you know, on tour, live tour, um, <laughs> you know, things, things change for him and he gets back to normal, but very, very awkward episode for me for him. Do they have winners on live or they just get payouts? I think, <laughs> I think, I don't, I mean, I think they just get paid. I mean, it's like, Hey, you finish, you finish yeah. 38. There's a million dollars. Yeah. But, I'm, I'm trying not to roast live too hard. I appreciate the idea. They're trying to do something different um, yeah. in a way that, that sort of doesn't really work for my brain uh, from a legacy perspective. But the, one of the things I wanted to talk about is your perspective on Ian Poulter through that, because you said it was you enjoyed the episode. I, I found it very Poulter-esque. He, t- okay. he got to spend a lot of time talking about the Ryder Cup, which is basically the only thing that makes him relevant to anyone anymore, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought was really awkward, Mark, was he spent a lot of time talking about being away from his family and not making cuts, which means not making any money. Correct. And, and you know what? If you get the guy who's like just getting on tour or playing on the Corn Ferry Tour talking about the struggles of not making money. There is a definite problem in golf that if a guy shows up, he needs to get paid. Mm -hmm. That's just like, to me, that just makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the guys who I would have really identified with and said like, this man has a point. I'm really glad he's getting to say that. Whereas Poulter, I feel like spent his whole episode sort of validating a decision to go to live because like, Oh, well, I'm not getting paid here. So I'm going to go to a place I do get paid, you know, because my family, let's not forget the many, many millions of dollars he's been paid to play golf mm-hmm. you know, he's, no, he's, doing, he's doing just fine unless he's absolutely horrible with his money like shout out to uh, jd in vegas but uh <laughs> you know unless he's doing terrible which it doesn't look like he 
is. He's taking so. private jets. Yeah. You know, it, it felt very hollow to hear a guy who's had such a storied career on tours talk about not making money uh, as a platform to move elsewhere. It just felt cheap to me. Uh, I, I enjoyed the idea that he took um, the the route that guys like Payne Stewart did where they looked unique week in and week out. And he wanted to do the same, which is makes a lot more sense for the ridiculous wardrobe he chooses to wear. <laughs> Full respect there. I love that. Yeah. But, but that was about the only thing I really appreciated about that episode. Okay. So, did you get a different take than I did? Well, no, I mean, all your, all, I'll be honest, all your points are very valid. Um, let me ask this. I think you just kind of mentioned it, though. But when the guys take the private jets, I mean, are they are they paying for that on their own dime? Again, I don't know the, the history like you do. I don't know the ins and out of it. I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, still be still being a fanboy over here, but, um, uh, you know, loving life, watching it and everything. But I'm assuming that, you know, they pay for their own their own private jet. Yeah, school. that's on them. Okay, They're okay. either, you know, owning it or uh, or paying for the service or whatever it seems to be. OK, so and like you said, you know, he doesn't make he he doesn't make the cut. He doesn't pay for what he said is his expenses. And I yeah. understand that. But. Like you said, when you when you are taking the private jet instead of the you know Delta flight back home, and I get it it's a little <laughs> further to England than you know, <laughs> so that does make sense. I will say this: I kind of liked him. Again, I am a you know I like how he talks crap a little bit. I like the stuff that he wears. He's a little too flamboyant. He did seem like a pretty good family guy. You know what I mean? I mean he was he was on the plane with the family doing a little putty, and he was at home with the family. So I kind of gravitated gravitated him uh to him because of that but i mean everything that you that you you do make a very good point about it kind of was an episode about how he validated himself to to go to live because he didn't get paid but you could have saved you know a ton of money on what you're doing you know how you got to the tournaments or what you're driving away from the tournament so you have to keep that in, in mind too but i definitely uh, agree with you if a guy shows up to play no matter if they're not if they finish first or they finish 80th they need to be walking away with a happy gilmore check at the end of the day yeah i, I have no problem with them flat out saying i'm getting paid now you know I, I don't think i'm ever going to on this show talk about whether you should have a uh a certain way of feeling when you're taking Saudi money. That's not really the kind of show that I have here. Um, and, and it definitely won't be. Uh, yeah. So like, I won't address that part of it, but the yeah. idea that if you can't just own it, man, and say, you know, I'm taking the money. It's, yeah. great, for, it's great for my family. It's great for me. Um, I'm, you know, mid forties now. I'm not exactly in my prime anymore. These dudes are heading way too far. Uh, I'm going to go get paid. And that's yeah. that. So yeah. the, the idea that, um, that it went in a different direction didn't really help my perspective, my feelings on Poulter. But, um, but yeah, I, I really did like to see the engagement of the family thing. And hopefully that's, you know, true. Uh, yeah. Who knows? It could be for the cameras. I, I agree. It could be. Well, for that's, the that's the interesting part because you followed a guy like Tony Finau's story, who's come from next to nothing. Like the, the pride his dad took in, in talking about what they did to get him in shape him and his brother um you know that's a pretty wild story and and fina was so deeply and rooted invested in his family mm-hmm. you can see it yeah. how how uh how deep that goes i already knew that story a little bit from his childhood i didn't really know like that his family had gone on tour 
for the majority of the year or whatever it may be. I thought that was pretty wild, but um, you know, I've just taken away like the different perspectives of it. Uh, did was there a certain guy that having watched full swing that you're now going to root for harder or less? I would say less. Less would be Brooks Kepka. Yeah, he's not um, on tour though, so it's fine. Well, okay, good point, good point, good point. Um, again, I'm I'm not all the way I'm not all the way through it, but I I like Tony Finau before. Okay, yeah. I liked him, you know, for what he wears. You know, I'm a big clothes guy, big Nike guy, so he he looks great out there. His shoe game is ridiculous. I mean, you know, coming from nothing. So as of right now, probably him because that's kind of where I am. Um, I've always liked. Uh, let me say this. Um, I've always liked Spieth. Spieth seemed pretty cool to me. I always liked him. Maybe JT. Maybe I have a new respect for JT, I want to say. Um, you know, especially because I kind of forgot how he came back. What was that? Was that the U.S. Open he won when he came when he came back? Or uh, I think it was the PGA. I think okay, PGA, um, PGA. It was Fitzpatrick won the Open. Yep. Okay. So P- the PGA, yeah. I forgot all about that, how he came back and how he's battling, gotten to the playoff. I mean, just – so maybe maybe – Maybe him, uh, as of right now, through the episodes that I'm in. And, and again, I've always liked Fino, so I can't really say him. But uh, probably JT and, and Rude Less, even though he's not on tour, is, is bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's pick away at the apparel side of things. Okay. Really, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, is there a, is there a brand in golf right now? And and, and I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lob this softball at you and just say, oh, bro, Jordan shoes, you know, whatever. Like, I don't yeah. want to hear that. Yeah, I, I, I get it. The Nike shoe game, the Jordan shoe game is probably like leaning hard on the Mark Malloy standpoint. But is there an apparel company that you seem to be gravitating towards when you go out there now? I mean, uh, to be honest with you, so I, there's kind of there's a couple. I mean, I, I, I'm a big Nike guy. I just I, and I know how you feel about it. I've just always been a Nike guy. Uh, something about the swoosh, you know, I just, I love the, love the Nike attire, the hats. Um, uh, let me think of some other stuff. I mean, I've got a couple nice Puma shirts that I, that I like, um, Under Armour got some under, my wife buys me a lot of Under Armour stuff. So that's usually shout out to her, but, uh, I would say those. And then, uh, uh coming up and, and, and I don't know if we ever talked about this is, uh, Eastside Golf. Not sure if you ever. Yeah. Eastside Eastside Golf has become. Um, they're having some restock problems because they've kind of taken off too too fast. Uh, so they're trying to get all their clothing back in. But uh, I think that could be you know a great topic of discussion for a future episode or, or anybody else that you ever want to bring on here. But uh, uh, Eastside Golf has been taken off because uh, I love the logo, love the background story of it because they have a really nice story um on hulu uh called grails about east side golf so uh, i'd say those would be the 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 couple that i that i lean towards right now that's interesting and and i think we're going to see a lot more companies like that start to show up i think there's this pretty obvious cultural shift in the game whether it's to uh things like uh nike or uh jordan shoes or you know something a little bit more I guess you could say like the rowback style of thing where you're seeing some of these one-off different types of materials that are coming out referencing that type of thing. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, but then you have like 
current companies like you're referring to here i think the the ability to i was going to mention golf hoodies and joggers but i think that's been a little bit played out on the show so yeah <laughs> but you know the yeah. the idea that uh you don't have the big hitters so adidas nike and under armor probably the the top three with puma being there as well mm-hmm. you know, it's not one of the top four you don't have to go that direction you have the ability to uh present in a way as long as you're respectful you know we've had a ton of different types of people on the show here we've had uh big time rockers dudes who are big into the nft game and that have that sort of chic appeal to them um you know the traditionalists that come on the show i think i think they're starting to become this sort of cultural shift in the game where you can still respect the rules but have a true identity of your own which i think is super cool and, I, and i'm definitely leaning towards that so we might not look the same marky mark but we're gonna have a great time together oh always and, and the thing here's here's my thing too like for me, I'm in again. Uh, you know me. I, I like to put it together. When I get out of the car, I look amazing. I, I get out of the car, <laughs> my hat, my shirt, you know, my shoes. I look amazing. At first swing, oh, this guy sucks. But other than that, I mean, it's you know, I, I look the part. I still, you know, some people go out there in a t-shirt. I I can't do that yet. I love a good polo. Got to have the polo tucked in. I mean, if it if it comes out, it comes out. But you know, as long as it's not too big or anything, I'm okay with that. And uh, I'm always going to look the part, always going to look the part. But uh, I think they've made, I think they're, like you said, they're, you can respect it, but you, you're starting to get away from the, the traditional look um, a little bit. That's inviting. There's these companies like Eastside Golf and other brands are inviting more people that don't look like the traditional stereotypical golfer to come in and golf it. Because I'll be honest, there's, there's a lot of my friends that, you know, grew up in the same town as me and, and, and never thought we'd be golfing. We love golf now. So and, yeah. and if they could wear a, a Jordan spike or a Jordan shirt, wear what they want to wear and then go play the sport. It, it's a win win for everybody. So I'm I'm uh, I'm applauding all these companies and, and telling everybody to, to buy their gear and keep them going. So. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go do a deep material dive. We're going to talk about cloud spun this weekend. Coming up, having a few bourbons with you. I got a couple quick hitters for you. Ready for Let's it? You can't, ready. you can't answer heavy. got to be quick answers, okay? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Number one tournament you'd love to go walk around for a day. Masters. Yeah, on tour. Masters. I was going to say Masters doesn't count. If, uh, if no, I'm allowed. <laughs> no, no majors, okay? Oh, wow. Uh uh waste management yeah on 16 on the waste management you know the man, ma- the, ma- the man will have his own booth uh somehow he won't have paid for it but it'll be there <laughs> he'll have made his way into it waste and he's taking t- taking drink orders Damn okay right. uh let's see 10 a.m tea time you drinking a beer a bloody or a transfusion bloody 100 percent no Slide, sliding into the beers for the back nine sliding in no I, and to be honest with you i'd probably go beer um i don't know maybe bloody but uh, probably probably would be a beer a beer okay beer. uh how about music on the course big yay or big nay uh go either way don't need it but i'm never gonna tell you to turn it off yeah this guy's like uh mid-2000s or pre-2000s rock he's the man for I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of everything you can I, that up there? My, my playlist will be you'll you'll say wait there's like my playlist could have metallica to tupac to little wayne to, to the beatles <laughs> yeah uh last one golf yeah. shoes what is the go-to right now uh nike um forche 
what are they called? Um, Roshi. 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 Yeah, yeah right I got Roshi. you. Yeah, couldn't okay. think of it right now. Cool. Uh, even though I do want the uh, Eastside Golf Jordan 12s, but they're out of stock and they're also like $400. So don't yeah. know if I can, there, don't know if I can are, pull it off yet. I think we call those shelfers. Uh, yeah. Last question. Do you think I'm insane with how my bag has more custom accessories on it than none? <laughs> Not. <laughs> uh the head cover yeah. game is it strong or no your your head cover game is very strong i applaud it um i'm trying to get to that level so keep going yeah shout out to dormy who had pittsburgh penguins custom driver covers at uh Nemecol, and mark took one look and then we double checked the price and said no nah, maybe next time <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wanted to buy it, but uh, the, I had more important things to buy, like yeah. the cabana. <laughs> hey, my my good man. Uh, yeah, the cabana. Yeah, two cabanas or one cabana or two head covers. We'll, we'll deal with that another time. Yeah, it, it is an absolute blast to have you on, buddy. I've been thinking about doing this for a while. I am so thrilled that uh, golf's becoming a big part of your life. I can't wait to not only go on a golf trip with you. I've got big plans. Thp does a um what's called a gathering down in kentucky for the bourbon bash hopefully it comes back this year uh you look way too excited about that so we're definitely going to try and drag you up to that that's the best thing you said all day pal yeah yeah um i'm just thrilled man it's so fun to share the passion that i have it gives us even more to talk about uh but either way uh do you have any questions for me today no, man, I I, uh, I, I definitely, <clears throat> again, we talked about this before. I definitely appreciate you uh, having me on as a guest. Uh, honored to be a guest here. Um, you're killing it. 145 episodes is, is uh, definitely something to be proud of. Um, you know, I, I know the, the uh, not to get into it, but the uh, inner struggles that you've had expressing feelings and talking. So this is, I think you found your, your niche. You're a great host at it. And uh, no problem. And this is coming from uh, someone who was born with the gift, the gab. So just keep, yeah. doing, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Yeah. I, I was thinking about I had to use the mic, uh, the mute button on the mic today, but I, I really didn't have to. So thanks for being patient. Of course. I, you know, I know, I know when to, to uh, turn it on and off, no pun intended. And uh, I'll see you this weekend for a little family time here in, in, in yeah. uh, what we call Club Quincy. All right. Hey, everyone out there, if you're playing golf this weekend, have a great time. It is going to be mid-50s. I'm doing a family function instead of playing golf, so Mark owes me quite a bit. I, I do. Uh, the family function is my son's birthday. So we'll, we uh, we do have the putting green down here in the basement, yeah, yeah. All and right. uh, we'll put some money on it. Wicked. Hey, uh, uh, I hope this is a pretty fun. Go check out Full Swing. It And, and honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to drag my wife through because it was interesting enough. You, guys, you got to see enough side of it that – uh, I look a lot like uh, I look back to like F1 Drive to Survive. I enjoyed that immensely, and I feel like this probably has the same sort of thing. I'm looking forward to season two if they bring it out because it'll be less Livy and more. Let's celebrate the tour for what it is and the big changes they've made. Uh, yeah, either way, have fun. Um, if you play golf this weekend, I'm gonna try and play next week. I might even play tomorrow. I, I'll gotta stop talking. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.